Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. Before our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could be with us as well. Have another treat for you guys today. Best-selling author Iris Bowling is making her first appearance of 2023 on our broadcast to talk to us not only about the great things she's been up to this year, but also she's celebrating a brand-new series that's out now on Amazon. Amazon. That is the Lassiter Wedding Series. Also, it's going to be coming to paperback as well. I'm going to remind you guys about that. We're going to talk to Iris today, not only about the uh, amazing career she's been able to have as a storyteller, but also what it's been like for her to share the Lassiter family with the world and, of course, to already see the response to it. If you guys have not dived into books by Iris, I don't know what you've been waiting on, but you'll have a chance starting today to do that. And we're going to also let you guys know how to stay connected with her too. Iris, hello to you and welcome back to the broadcast. Well, hello, Cyrus, and thank you so much for having me again. Oh, look, the pleasure is definitely all mine. And Iris and I are going to be talking a lot so you guys just get used to it. Uh, she has more coming out this year. <laughs> we're going to get into that here in a bit. But today we're going to start off by talking about the Lassiters, uh, Iris. We had a great conversation on another platform recently. But I want to talk about this series, the Lassiter Wedding Series. What has it been like for you to have been able to write this series and to see the way that your readers are loving each part of it. <laughs> it has been a joy to to write about the Lassiters. And unfortunately, we're coming up on these last four books, like the last of the Lassiters, at least in this format. So, um, mm. it ha- but writing about all of them, remember the Lassiter family is really um, 12 siblings. Um, and and those who started with the Heart series, my very first series I wrote, that is actually where you met the Lassiters. So the Lassiters has been with us through like we're in forty plus books now, so they've been with us for for a little bit, and um, they are going to be with us for a lot longer, <laughs> a okay. lot longer. Um, well, so that... you watch them grow up. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, Iris, you're making some news for me here. So uh, I, I, want, I want to dive into that a little bit because I'm sure people have already given the pitchforks out. <laughs> so when you say the last of them in this format, I want to make sure. So you, you, mean, you mean as far as them having their own journey, is that what you mean? Um, but we'll still see them yeah. in other work? Exactly. You certainly will because recently, and uh, about four books ago, the readers got to meet some Lassiters in Connecticut. So we're going to have a series that's, that's going to be based on the Lassiters of Connecticut as well. Um, but these, this group of Lassiters, the core group, the core 12, that's what I call them, mm-hmm. the core 12, um, yeah. they're, they're, the weddings ended their love journey. And I know mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't agree with me on this, but these are romance novels. And once I get them married off, I don't usually go back and revisit them, not in just their own world, but they show up in other people's worlds. Gotcha. Well, you know, that is the thing. My um, my good friend Earl Hall, who's also my manager, um, Iris, we have this mm-hmm. conversation that people think would think I'm crazy, but, I mean, there's there's really no doubt about that already with people. But, uh, <laughs> but we talk about – 
We as creatives, and what you just said is a perfect example of what I say all the time. The movie Inception is real. All of us as creatives, we create these worlds and bring people into these worlds. And we make them feel what we've created. We've made them experience it. And when they get out of it, they, they're trying to wrestle with, okay, was this real? What, you know, what just happened there? How does that feel to know you're able to have that gift, uh, Iris, of creating these worlds? As you mentioned, you've created these families. You have your core groups. And then yes. able to be in the cinema. How does that feel to know you've been able to create this and bring people in literally from around the world into that world? It is it is actually a wonderful feeling because what you you're exactly right. We create worlds, mm-hmm. and I have this world where the Lassiters exist. So even when I write on other series, my series are usually based in Richmond, Virginia, because that's where I live, and I I love Richmond. So I usually base my series around there. So if you if you the Lassiters are in Richmond. Then, of course, the folks from the Dunning Trilogy are also in Richmond. The people from the Brooks family is also in Richmond. At some point, those worlds are going to collide with each other. They're going to join in with each other. And so when you create these worlds, it's not just the world of the 12 Lassiters, the core 12 Lassiters. You have their friends. You have their coworkers. You have people that they, other people that they know. So you're going to see them, even though I say the wedding series in the Gems and Gents series, I, I, I said it ends the last series, but it really don't. It simply ends the Gems and Gents series because gotcha. now you have an extended world of the Lassiters of Connecticut who are, are cousins of the Lassiters. So the, gems, the Lassiters in the Gems and Gents series. So you, you're going to see them because these are worlds. We don't live in the world by ourselves. You right. know, so we have other people that's going to be a part of that world as well. But it is a great feeling when readers connect with these characters so much that these characters become a part of their world too, and they become a part of the last of those worlds. That's a wonderful well, the way you. The way you have the Lassiters cutting up in this wedding series, they, their children will have their own series too because they're definitely going to have children. Yes. <laughs> so, so, okay, so I, I, I want to talk about then, again, this this whole experience for you because I said to you before we went on here, you know, I, I'm very respectful of the platform that I'm on. The great thing about doing radio now for 20 years is that I really have no rules. <laughs> So I can really uh, talk about things in a way without having to worry about how a platform feels about what I have to say. You, What you have been able to do, uh, Iris, is not the norm. And I think you would agree with me, even though your modesty may not allow you to, because you have been able to not only create your own world, you've been able to create your own lane, your own platform. I mean, you have been able to do what I believe is, is you know, the full – you know, thing about being a creative, not worrying about what other people think about, you know, what you know, what genre I write in or what I do with characters and what I have them doing. Where does that where does that belief in yourself because that's really what I think is at the core of it. Where does that come from? Is that something you've always had? Or is that something that has grown over your writing career? Um, no, I I I haven't always had that um belief in myself. But, you know, I've never been told – well, let me change that. 
when someone says I can't do something, I usually go out there and try to figure out why I can't do it, and then I find out that I can do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That. But as a as an independent author, as um, a, an entrepreneur, I didn't have any guidelines or or boundaries of what I could and could not do. So I just went and I I, I did everything that I, I that came to my imagination that I could do. You know, with writing the books, I I didn't have anyone guiding me through writing my first couple of books or anything like that. Later on, I was blessed with real, two really great um, mentors, which is Beverly Jenkins and Brenda Jackson. They came they came in at different parts of of my career, but when I first got out there, I didn't really have anyone to tell me how to go about doing what I did. So I learned everything on my own, and I created my own table, so to say, of, yeah. of self-publishing my books. And then when I noticed people were doing audio books, I said, well, wait a minute, I don't have an audio book. So I took the Pendleton Rule, and I went and did an audible, audible book of the Pendleton Rule. And I said, okay, well, so-and-so has a television series. And I said, well, wait a minute, I don't have a television series, so... Then I took the Heart series, the first two books in the Heart series, and I went and produced and directed, you know, the TV series. And right. then from from there, it it was just the doors were open. I, anything that came to my mind that I wanted to try, I tried. Now I'm I want to do a, a gaming um, mm. um, program to go with the Nate Rain series that that I have coming. You know, so there wasn't any boundaries. There was nothing to say you're not supposed to cross this line. And if it was, I didn't see it. I didn't know about it, so I crossed the line anyway and just went on and and did it. But I I think it wasn't a strong belief in myself. It's just that I I never thought twice about going in and not trying something if it came to mind. If you have done thing, I won't do this thing. I I know I cannot do that, so I won't try my hand at that, even though my imagination tells me that I can. But at that point, you know, at that point, there was no boundaries. So I just went out and did what I what I felt was the next step, and it, I've been very fortunate with that, you know. And now right. I try to share that information with other people because now I'm doing workshops to try to share my experience with others and hope to motivate them to go out there and do their thing too. And that is the other thing about you. And that's the thing I think, you know, you and I, we don't talk as much as I would like to because we both are are crazy busy. Uh, but when we do talk, we what I love about our relationship and our friendship is that we just literally pick right back up um, wherever it may have been. It's almost like <laughs> – it's like when people talk about the you know the the series in the newspaper that later that day and it's been twenty years and it's still it's later that day. Yeah. That's how you and I seem to be every time we talk. But there, there's another thing I knew I want to be very intentional about in this interview with you, uh, Iris, to to give you your flowers on too because it's not talked about enough. I don't think um, not just what you've been able to do in sharing information, but you've opened up a platform for other people. You you mentioned the TV series. That takes actors. That's giving people opportunities. Um, Your book covers gives people opportunities. Some of these people I never would have known if they had not been on Iris Bowling book. 
And so I said that to say I, I don't think I think a lot of times because you're so good at it, we just kind of take it for granted that Iris is going to have a great book cover or she's going to have. Some, but what has that been like for you to build this world outside of publishing? I guess is what I'm getting to, where you're dealing with actors and actresses and you know being able to oh. help to share the careers of others and help to amplify the careers of others. That now that part, to be honest with you, is the part that gives me so much joy when I see them now um, and the things that they're doing. Remember, some of these folks, it was their first acting career was mm-hmm. on the Heart series. You know, we had um, um, Travis Cure, who who was now on um, when he was on the Oval. I think he's still he's yeah. still there. Mm-hmm. Um, the right. Tyler Perry um, series. He's on that, and we had him. He actually did the Deadly Sexy movie um, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Travis um, Tremaine Norris, who is on some of everything and, and really getting his awards for his performances. Um, he was at the, the very first Heart series um, that that we did, you know, and now he's doing great things out in, in L.A. And then we had um, Morgan, Morgan um, Avery McCoy. Um, mm-hmm. Her last name is Harrison. She's gotten married, but we have her. She has this wonderful one-woman show that she does, and, and it's it's just a wonderful it's wonderful to see them all spreading their wings. But you know, Cyrus, you said something that's very that's very important to me. I like opening doors for people. Uh, one of the things that we did with Siri Austin Entertainment was on our film portion. Our film division, what we did was we looked for new upcomers. We looked for people who really haven't had a lot of screen time um, or a lot of time in front of the camera or behind the camera, but they had the desire, you know, to do those things. And we opened doors for them. You know, one one thing that Tommy, um, uh, the late um, Tommy Ford, mm-hmm. um, had had showed me was how to open doors. Um, for other people because once you open the door, when whenever they grow, that's a part of you that's growing too. And so one of the things that we I wanted to do was open doors for people. So we have cameramen, camera women, um, people who does lighting and things of that nature that worked on the Heart Series, and then they've been able to take their career to even higher ground. Um, and do things with traditional um, film companies. Because remember, I'm just an independent film company, you know, but we were able to do that. The same thing with some of the actors that have um, been in the productions that we've done. They've been able to move on to other things. So that's a, that's a piece of, that's a piece of my pride right there. Each time I see them, I smile bright. As you should, uh, because I think, again, as I mentioned, Iris, we wouldn't know. I, I can speak for myself. I wouldn't know a lot, of, a lot of these individuals if it was not for them being attached to something uh, through uh, through your company, through Serious and Entertainment. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, see, I told you it's going to be five minutes. And for those who are just tuning in <laughs> on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. Speaking to my friend Iris Bowling, we're supposed to be talking about the last of the wedding series. We're about to get back to that. But I wanted to make sure we talked about about the wholeness of what Iris Bowling is doing. Because one thing, Iris, and you said something, I, people get on me about this. Um, I will say I'm just a country boy, you know, from Mississippi. I'm, <laughs> and, and people will say, 
stop saying that. <laughs> you know, so I don't think anyone looks at you. I said that to say I don't think anyone looks at you as just being independent. They look at you as a force, and you have definitely been able to carve out again your lane for yourself and what you've been able to do with your brand. So I want to talk about that in itself because as you are building these worlds, it's hard not to think about legacy, Iris, because you again you have readers that have been with these characters literally for years at this point, right? How does that feel to know that you are building that kind of legacy, not just in your life as a storyteller, but also with readers, readers who have – many of them have kind of grown up with your characters? They literally have. There are some – I I will be celebrating 15 years um, in writing next month. And some of them, you know, they had children to my books. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can understand why, because we keep talking yeah. about that first chapter in uh, a risky, no, a family affair. Right. Um, but they, you know, they've created children from from my books. So you know, when I meet someone and say, "Oh, this is Jeffrey. I named him after J.D. Harrison when I when I first." Um, read the Heart series, and I'm like, oh my God, somebody, I'm getting old or something because this is a teenager that's standing in front of me, you know. Right. So um, the the wonderful part is that the legacy will continue because once you put something in writing, once you put something out there in 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 the public, it continues because I have a a group in California that's picking up the Heart series for the first time. And we're talking wow. 15 years later, you know, and yeah. they're picking up for the first time. Um, the wonderful thing about that is that long after I'm gone, and, and we're going to say that's not going to be for another 80 years because I'm so young, <laughs> right? Um, <You'd> love it. <laughs> people will still be picking up that story, you know, yeah. and reading it. So the legacy will be there. And I, I'm very proud of um, the work. Um, that that I've put out there in the, in the universe because I try to always teach something. Um, I entertain people and educate them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And just like with the Heart Series, a lot of people said I would have never bothered to look at local politics, which we've learned and it's very, very important. Um, yeah. If I had not picked up the Heart Series book and read how he came up through um, the ranks. Um, so when I hear things like that, that that's that's a heartbeat for me, because that means that what I intended to do with that story, I was able to do that. So the legacy is is going to be there, and hopefully people will continue to pick up the book. Well, I know they will. When you were just talking just now, um, Iris, I thought about Mr. Holland's opus and how mm-hmm. what his vision was for himself, and at the end were those students said to him, you know, we are your opus. We are your masterpiece mm-hmm. because of what you've been mm-hmm. able to do. We're able – how does that feel on the other side, Iris? That's why I wanted to bring that up. Because not only are you entertaining readers, you are inspiring other writers. You are giving them opportunities. You are pouring into them. How does that feel to know that you have your own opus you're writing by doing that? There's a lot of pressure, Cyrus. I feel like um, it, it, it. I want to make sure that what I put out there um, is something that is worthy of them mm-hmm. looking 
looking to me to do these things. I hope that as I go out there and I share information or I'm, I'm, I'm out in public that I am carrying myself in a way that it will not, you know, disappoint um, people when, when they see me. <laughs> so I hope that um, just me being Iris is, is okay with them because I don't know how to be anybody else. So just me being yeah. Iris is okay with them because sometimes you can you can uh, meet people and and in some ways you've had them up on this pedestal and then when you meet them you might be a little bit disappointed <laughs> in what you gotcha. what what it turns out. So my prayer is that I do live up um, to that and I continue to do that. I continue. I, I pray that the work that I continue to put out there. It's still going to uplift people, maybe a new crop of people, a different, you know, a different age group of people. But I do hope that the work that I do and the the legacy that, that I'm laying, the ground, that table that I'm building is going to inspire others to, they can see that I did it and they feel like they can go out there and they can do it too. So I I, I hope that I don't I I said pressure, but to be honest, it's not. I'm just being me and doing me and I hope that that continues to inspire people. Yeah. Well, I know it will. I want to end this conversation, Iris, where we begin and that is again with what you're celebrating at least in this moment, because you have more work coming this year, um, but you're celebrating, <laughs> yes. of course, the Lasseter Wedding Series. Um, for those that are just now discovering the series, again, for those listening to the podcast, um, you all can see the Amazon link <clears throat> actually with our broadcast here. For those joining us on the radio side here in Mississippi, we'll make sure that it's posted on our Facebook page there for WYED. But what do you want – you said in another platform with us that – this this family was all about love. Is that really the thing oh, that you yeah. want people to take away from it? Yes. Um, this family is about family. It's, it's about it's about love, and I'm talking about that real kind of love, that love that lasts for a lifetime. You know, this mm-hmm. this family is a family bond. It's twelve of them. Um, you have the the gems, who are all of the daughters are named after precious gems. And then you have the gents where all of the gent, all of the boys are named after men of the Bible. And they have a bond with each other. The way that their parents raised them, they raised them to look out for each other no matter what. Um, if one is in need, the other one is going to provide what they need. That, that is the way that they are. And then the other part about it is that their parents taught them not to settle for anything other than the love of a lifetime. So in each one of the stories that you're going to read, you're going to read how each one of those siblings found that love of a lifetime. And that is what the Lassiter family is all about. They teach you how to love. And even, here's the crazy part, they even get with dysfunctional families, people who are from dysfunctional families, and they end up teaching them how to bring that dysfunction to a a point where they can actually love each other. You know, so this the last of this family is a very special, um, very unique family, and that's why they refer to as the gems and the gents. Yeah. Well, I think the other interesting thing about that too, Iris, as you said, people will be glad to know this chapter, uh, pun intended, there for their journey may be ending, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen the last of them, which leads us to you mentioned Nate Rains. You're not done with your readers yeah. for this year, too. You have something else happening this year. Talk to our audience about it. 
We do. We have, well, with, in addition to the, the Lassiter's wedding, there is a, an additional story that is in the print copy of the Lassiter's wedding. So you're going to get to meet um, the mother and, and get to know the background of Sally Lassiter. But in addition to, to having that um, published, we also have the next book in the Nate Rain series. And for those who those who follow me, they know that Nate Rain series is my um, venture into the genre of suspense and thrillers. And so Nate Rain's, the second book of Nate Rain's is, is coming out. I believe it's scheduled for April. It's coming out in April. Um, so that will be coming out, and I'm really excited about that because, you know, I get to kill people, you know, I, and I don't have to be nice <laughs> about it in Nate Rain's. You know, whereas yeah. in my romance novels, I try to be a little nicer about it. But in the Nate Rain series, you know, I can take people outside. And yeah, I don't have to exactly. worry about it. <laughs> there you go. So, well, look, hey, we, we, am, we, we, I'm really excited about that. We all have our release, and I'm glad. <laughs> and look, yours, yours is confined within books, so that 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 is a cool thing. Our, yeah, it is always a, a pleasure. I have to ask you this question, though, as we are um, kind of wrapping up this this conversation today, and that is for yourself. I mean, it's it's an interesting question that you were posed on our, our previous interview. For those who may be new to you, it's hard to believe. Like you said, as you're celebrating 15 years now. It's hard to believe that there may be some that are just now discovering you. But if they are, uh, you said something really interesting, and I, I wanted to make sure I asked you that here too. Is What do you normally say to readers who say, you know what, I'm new to you. Where would you suggest I start? What what questions do you normally pose to them? I usually ask them what do they enjoy, what do they like, because I write in so many different areas. If you're into politics, then I'm going to tell you the heart series. If you into entertainment, I'm going to tell you to go to the Night of Seduction series. If you're into law, you, you love courtroom drama, then I'm going to send you to the Brooks Family Values series. If you're into banking, you know, your thing is corporate corporate businesses and things of that nature, then I'm going to tell you to go and try the, the Dunning series. So I have so many different areas that I write in, and so to, to – I would ask the person, what do you enjoy? And if they say, oh, I don't care, it would be anything, then I'm going to tell you just start at the beginning. Start with once you touch the heart in the heart series because that is really the catalyst for all of the other um, series that I, I do as well. So if you read once you touch the heart, you're going to really learn. You'll be introduced to the base characters of Iris World. <laughs> So I always ask what they enjoy, and then I try to direct them from there. Well, I tell you, a lot for them to choose from, and that's why this conversation I really enjoyed, Iris, because we were able to kind of touch on a lot of different things. But the, again, right now, the big thing that Iris is celebrating is the Lassiter Wedding Series. It's available now on Amazon. Again, make sure you guys head over there. As you heard Iris mention, the print edition is coming out soon, yes. and it has something special for you guys as well. So, Iris, let our audience know. How can they stay connected with you? Well, you can always go to my website, which is irisbowling.com, um, or you can catch me on social media sites. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm trying my best at TikTok. 
Um, <laughs> I am also on on LinkedIn. So um, you can find me, and I'm on Twitter. So you can find me out there. And I'm usually under my name, Iris Bowling or author Iris Bowling. But the best place to stay connected with me is actually my website, which again is Bowling, I-R-I-S-B-O-L-L-I-N-G.com. Iris, always a pleasure catching up. Thank you again for another great conversation and looking forward to our next time together. Always. Whenever we can get together, you know I always enjoy Cyrus. Appreciate that. Same here. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and it's going to make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>